Hi, this is Sue Burke. Welcome to my podcast. Magnetism feels like magic. If you've ever held two magnets close, they either attract or repel. It feels spooky. I'm going to show you a cool STEM experiment to impress your kids. It's easy, I promise. Plus, this skill could help you find your way out of the woods. You'll be cool no matter what. The things you need for the experiment, there are only three. A bowl of water, a leaf, and a sewing needle. Fill the bowl with water. Put the leaf on the water and make sure it's floating. Take the needle and rub it on your head, your child's head, or your cat or dog's head for about 30 seconds, or until they run away, whichever comes first. Put the needle on the already floating leaf. Wait about 30 seconds. The needle will point north. I've got a video on my website, on this blog, and you can see how it's done. Happily, the dog saliva did not affect the results. What the heck is going on? Many of us understand that magnets have two different charges and that opposite charges attract each other and like charges repel. This still doesn't explain how a magnet works. Here's an annoying definition. A magnet is any material or object that produces a magnetic field. What is with the dictionary anyway? They define words with the word they're supposed to be trying to define. That is not helpful. The reason magnets work is explained with atoms. Atoms have protons, a positive charge in the nucleus, and they also have neutrons, but we don't need to worry about that for magnetism. Atoms also have electrons, which have a negative charge, that orbit around the nucleus. The natural tendency of atoms is to be neutral. So what do electrons and protons have to do with magnets? Moving electrons make a magnetic field. They spin in the same direction. Remember, they're orbiting and spinning. To make our STEM activity in the video, we need to get the electrons to jump from their nice little orbits around their nucleus. This is hard to do with some atoms. The electrons are snug and tight, paired up, and not willing to go anywhere. If you look at the periodic table, I've got a picture below on the website. The elements on the far right in the white boxes have filled orbitals. That means the electrons aren't going anywhere without a fight. They are very stable. Two examples are helium, which is used in nuclear reactants as a coolant, and neon, which is used a lot in lights, and it glows reddish and orange. Lucky for us, many metals are especially prone to electron conductivity, aka movement, because they have unpaired electrons in their outer orbit orbitals spinning around their respective nucleuses. Each orbital has room for a certain number of electrons. Orbitals are kind of like a floor of a building. Once they're full, a new level must be used, like apartment buildings or office buildings fill up. And once an orbital is full, that makes the atom more stable, like our noble gases. They are tucked in tightly and tend not to spin off or be attracted to another atom. If the outer orbital only has a few electrons, they aren't packed as tightly and they have more energy to move. And they're more prone to hopping off to find a new home. To make matters more complicated, with transition metals, the picture on my website is circled, and on this particular chart, they're purple. Uh, the third level of orbitals doesn't necessarily fill before the fourth begins to fill. Some electrons want their own orbital, or maybe their own apartment floor. 
This makes them rather antisocial. I know, it's bad when you think you've got a rule and it gets broken, like filling up one floor or one orbital before you get to the next one. And I'm definitely oversimplifying this, but you get the general idea. There are three ways to produce an electric charge or get the electrons to move. Friction, induction, and contact. We are just going to talk about friction today. Friction promotes an exchange of protons and electrons between two different materials. And remember, protons are positively charged and electrons are negatively charged. So one item will become more positively charged and one more negatively charged, just briefly, in the, when we're doing friction. This is what static electricity is. Static means at rest, so it's electricity at rest. It seems a strange term, but the electrons have nowhere to go, uh, which is different than when they can travel through a wire as an electric current. So they sit there eager and willing to get to it. And this is why static shocks occur. We are trading electrons and protons with the source of the electrical charge. Friction is how we made our magnet above. We rubbed our heads. We rubbed the needle on our heads. When atoms are magnetized, or the electrons are hopping, they line up and spin in the same direction. Our planet has a magnetic pole created by molten lead and other metals in the, in the Earth's core. The molten lead moves as the Earth moves, and this generates electric currents, which produces magnetic fields. Our metal sewing needle, full of lined up electronics because of the friction, aligns itself with the Earth's super strong magnetic field. And this is why compass needles point north no matter which way you turn the compass. Actually, a lodestone is a piece of magnetite naturally magnetized metal that attracts iron. The property of magnetism was discovered because of lodestones. Many cultures in the ancient world found lodestones, so discovery of magnetism can't be pinpointed to any one person. How were lodestones formed, you ask? The theory is, when iron ore deposits at the surface of the earth are or were struck by lightning, the electron spin rearranges to match the lightning's field. Ancient blacksmiths made magnets in a similar way. The blacksmith on the picture on my website on the page is holding a red-hot piece of iron in a north-south direction and hammering it as it cools. The magnetic field of the earth aligns, leaving the iron a weak magnet. Or actually, it aligns to the magnetic field of earth. How did they figure this out? I think it's because they didn't have Wi-Fi. Have you ever wondered how birds migrate so far and find their way? Scientists wonder too. The answer is still elusive, but it does involve magnetite. Birds, salmon, honeybees, and many more animals have magnetite shavings in their brains. Scientists hypothesize it's more complex, and there may be a chemical reaction occurring in the eyes of birds as well, but the fact remains that they have magnetite in their brains. For now, try the experiment. Impress your kids. Tell them about electrons jumping and lining up, and then check back with me and tell me how you did. Thanks for stopping by. I hope to see you soon. Take care.